This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Start the song. <laughs> like to dance your more than Right, it's really good, really good. Welcome, everybody, on Halloween. It is Gina here with Noon on Tuesday. And since it's Halloween, we thought it would be really cool to talk about all those spooky, somewhat scary little microorganisms <laughs> that make cheese as, as, um, as delicious as it is. So we brought in the expert. I mean, we're super lucky today to have Rachel Dutton. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Who is, yes, assistant professor. Welcome, welcome. I Everybody loves Rachel. You can hear this. <laughs> yes, calm down, everybody. <laughs> she is the assistant professor um, at the UCSD Biological Sciences Center. Right. And um, seriously, you know, literally national expert. I mean, you've really become um, the go-to person to talk about microorganisms and cheese, yes? Yes. It's, it's really uh, cool. It's so fun to be able to just... Yeah. You know, be in this area where there aren't that many people no. studying kind of the creepy crawlies on cheese. So. On cheese. And that's what makes it so good, right? Yeah. I mean, what would cheese yeah. be without them? Yeah. It wouldn't be cheese. No. No. It'd be really boring. That's really good, Rachel. Tell us, go back just a little bit. Tell us about yourself and how you even got into microbiology. And Yeah. So, um I, I was actually an undergraduate at mm-hmm. UC San Diego. Yeah. So, I was here okay. um, a while back now. And I... I decided to try and volunteer in a microbiology lab. Mm-hmm. I had never done science before. I was actually a communications major at the time. Wow, okay. You know, I wanted to do something like this as a living. Uh-huh. Um, and and I just completely fell in love with microbes. Mm-hmm. And they're just these phenomenal little organisms that you don't see, right? They're basically... But they're everywhere. They're everywhere and they're controlling everything. Yeah. Um, whether <laughs> The littlest guys. Yeah, and whether, you know, you're thinking about... Uh, you know, the ocean or the atmosphere or the yeah. soils and, or food, these microbes are everywhere. Sure. And so I just completely fell in love with how, how amazing these yeah. little tiny organisms are. Mm-hmm. And, and so I switched my major from communications to molecular biology, okay. which nobody ever does. And <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like, yeah, I've not heard it before. And, uh, and then I went to graduate school um, in microbiology at Harvard. So I moved to Boston wow. from San Diego. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I did graduate school. And at that time, I was... Um, I was studying E. coli, which, okay. you know, yeah. you hear about E. coli as kind of a nasty bug. Yeah, right? everyone's super scared of that. Like, You're right? scared of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but I wasn't studying it because I was interested in food at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's actually turns out to be this really great organism for understanding how cells work. Okay. So we use it as kind of like a model in the lab. Yeah. And But at the same time, when I was in grad school, I was becoming completely obsessed with food. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so that's a good thing to have in, an obsession. In my, you know, abundant free time as a graduate student, yeah. <laughs> which is not really we <laughs> not don't really have that much. Um, <laughs> I was just completely nerding out about food. So yeah. I um would read Harold McGee's on food and cooking, like before mm-hmm. I went to bed at night and just started learning more and more. Um, about food. And I was naturally drawn to fermented foods because I was a microbiologist. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. And so I thought, well, you know, in microbiology, what I had become really interested in is is communities of microbes and how species interact with each other. Okay. So we have all these complex communities in the soil and in our gut. And we were becoming more and more interested in which types of species were there. But we didn't know a whole lot about 
what they were doing and how they actually formed these communities. Interesting. And how they get along with each other? Exactly. Okay. Are they fighting? Yeah, are right. they talking to each other? Are they okay. you know, helping each other out? And so, you know, what I thought was, wouldn't it be nice as if, if we had a really simple community to study, mm-hmm. to teach us about okay. how to do that? Right. And, you know, while I was reading all of my food science nerdy yes. things. And tasting along and, the way. And eating, you know, <laughs> things like cheese. Um, uh, I, I started thinking about fermented foods as simple ecosystems. Okay. And um, at the time, a French postdoc in our mm-hmm. lab, so she had just come back from the Savoie region of France. <sighs> she brought this beautiful piece of Tom de yeah. Savoie, um, probably illegally, uh, back into the We won't tell. We won't tell. <laughs> um, she brought it back to the lab, and I looked at it, and I saw this, you know, the rind of, of that cheese yeah. is gorgeous. We'll have to show a picture up yeah. there. It is just it, it, ridiculously thick. It's very thick. Layered. Yes, and right? layered. Exactly. Yeah. Those layers mm-hmm, really struck mm-hmm. me. And so I looked at this, this beautiful piece of cheese and yeah. this rind on top of it, and I said, oh, that's a microbial community, right? That's all microbes. It's crazy. Yeah, and so I immediately yeah. took a slice of the cheese. And, and had brought, you had it before? I, I had had it before, okay. but I had never looked at it yeah. in that way. Sure. Yeah, like, and how did this uh, get here. And so I took it back mm-hmm. to the lab, and I started, you know, trying to see if I could actually grow these different species from the cheese. Wild. And mm-hmm. and then I, you know, started thinking, well, wouldn't this be a cool thing to study? Like use cheese yeah. as a simple ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so I ended up, after I got my PhD, I got this fellowship, um, which gave me like a five-year funding source to study whatever I wanted. Okay. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to study cheese. This is what we're going to (laughs) do. Cheese it is. Lucky for us. And yeah, yeah, I mean, and lucky for cheesemakers and, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah, So I've, you know, when I first got started, this was back in 2010. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I've read a lot about cheese, but I don't really know that much about how it's made and things like that. So I said, well, I probably should, like, go. Learn the basics. Learn the basics. (laughs) And so I had a really good relationship with my local uh, cheesemongers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, And this was back in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So this was Formaggio Kitchen. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful shop. There was a a cheesemonger there, Vince Razionale, who um, he said – well, you know, if you're interested in studying cheese, you should talk to Jasper Hill because mm-hmm. Andy and Matteo Keeler are really sort of ahead of the curve in terms of being mm-hmm. – thinking about, um, you know, the science – not necessarily the science, but he, he just thought that they would be really open to this idea. Exactly. Of marrying, I would imagine, the art of cheesemaking yeah. with the science yeah. of cheesemaking. Yeah, and they had this really progressive kind of business model, and it was yeah. just a really wonderful creative place. And How so cool. I reached out to Matteo. I met him, actually, at the cheese shop. Yeah. He was there doing a tasting. This is all, like, serendipitous. Yeah. It sounds like your whole story, you know, leads to the yeah, other. Yeah, so I, I met Matteo, and I gave him my little pitch of, like, hey, you know, yeah. this is kind of crazy, but I think I might like devote my career to studying mm-hmm. cheese microbiology and he's like great and I said you know can I come up and intern and yeah. work on the farm and he said absolutely I'm sure he just pulled you into the car and yeah. off you went <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then I spent I spent nice. two months working on the farm oh, was um, that just making cheese working okay. in the caves yeah it was the hardest work I've ever done. That, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't <laughs> stop, right? I mean, no. this is a dedication. Again, it, blessed are the cheesemakers that oh will God. dedicate themselves to this craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, Hard as, work. As, you know, an academic yeah. and a scientist, I'm not used to sort of physical labor. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my brain is really on fire. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, early days, yeah. really hard physical sure. work. Um, yeah, yeah. 
But so but. you got to do like uh, milking the cows, say. So kind of yeah, I, that in. Yeah. I got to try my hand bit. at milking the cows. The, yeah. the cows did not appreciate my efforts. <laughs> Your skills. Yeah, no, they would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I would, you know, we I would get up and um, we would make cheese in the morning. So yeah. be there at 5 a.m. Sure. Um, make and, cheese. And make cheese, yeah. And that yeah. takes, you know, it's a long period of it's time. It's a long period of time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it's sort of like, um, you're, most of the time you're cleaning. I would say that's like, what a ninety percent says. Yeah, exactly. It's mostly you're scrubbing down floors and yes. equipment and everything. Does that um, make you sad? Is it killing some good microorganisms or no? You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, there's you. You have to have a sanitary of course, production of course. environment. Yeah, the microbes yeah. are gonna they're gonna know, find the good their things way. Things are gonna find their way. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was you know it's a lot of cleaning, a lot of waiting around for the yeah. milk to culture and cultivate these organisms. Sure. Um, and then, and then it's go, go, go. As soon as the cheese is yes. ready. <laughs> then you've got a schedule. I've got to do this yeah. by then and this by then to make yeah. everything match. Yeah. And uh, the whole time, like I, I envision you, Rachel, with like a microscope and you could, could, do you pull the little cultures underneath and kind of see what's happening at, at each stage of the game? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing that at the time. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't have a microscope with mm-hmm. me, but since I, I left, um, and over the years are, um, the relationship that my lab has had with Jasper Hill has really just grown. And they have actually built now a microbiology lab How cool. in their cave. Wow. Um, That's got to be so. the first, probably the only, yeah, <laughs> at, at a cheesemaker. It's definitely the only in the mm-hmm. U.S. Um, yeah. in, in an artisan cheesemaking facility to have something that like that. That is really super. Is yeah. it all for – I know because they age you know, uh, yeah. lots of other producers' yeah. products. But do they do this for educational purposes, for their own, or combination of both so, to have this whole lab? To have the lab, it – is um, part of it is R and D. Mm-hmm, um, so sure. the idea is trying to figure out how the microbes control flavor and how they can then control the microbes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part of it is you know there's a lot of uh, quality um, control that of goes course. into yeah. aging cheese, and mm-hmm. so microbiology is a big part of the quality. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, so it's a really cool. That uh, cool thing to have a lab there yes. in the caves. <laughs> do you go back? Have you been back? And yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. I go back and all the time. It's so cool. Um, yeah. Hopefully. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a very special place for me. Yeah. I met my husband there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So cool. He, he Again, proposed to me. Serendipitous there. story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amongst the caves and the wheels. Was it a certain cheese that now you have an affinity for that was part of your um, <laughs> proposal? <laughs> yeah, he was wrapping cheese and, yeah. and we, you know, saw oh. each other through the pack and ship window. Right. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this was um, meant to be, I think. It's yes. sounding like yes. all of this is yes. truly, truly meant to be. <laughs> That's great, Rachel. So tell us, like, um, we obviously know milk plays a huge role yes. in how a cheese tastes. Right. How much of how a cheese taste is on the organisms, on the little micro microbial organisms that yeah. are there? I'm going to be honest with you. I can eat cheese. I love it. I can sell it and talk about it. But when it comes to that nitty-gritty science, you're, you're going to teach me. <laughs> yeah. It's actually like when I first started working with cheese, um, that was one of my favorite things was talking to cheesemongers yeah. and telling them about the science of the cheese. Right. Because you guys – like work with these things every mm-hmm. single day and you know the stories and you know so much yeah. about it. But then sort of being able to kind of open up this black box of the science and the microbiology yeah. is – it was it's so fun. Um, Super so fun. I feel like cheesemongers have the best questions. So, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's – a lot of the flavor is about microbiology. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you were to just um, take milk and – uh, so the first stage of cheese making involves microbiology. So you have this lactic acid fermentation. Okay. So you add this specific type of bacteria. Okay. So you're 
and you want to do that. You, you want to do it. And you have a specific one that you are adding. Yeah, because if you don't add something specific mm-hmm. and you just let milk sit, mm-hmm. um, you know, we all know what happens, what happens in our yeah. refrigerator. Um, it spoils, right? And right. so we want to control the spoilage in a sense. We want, uh-huh. to, we want to control which microbes are there so that things that spoil milk or make it you know, gross and toxic, yeah. don't grow. Don't grow. Yeah. So this kind of, it, it, in my head, is thinking it's leading to that community thing. Yeah. You're wanting this good community yeah. to wipe out the bad one. Yeah, and I sort of think of cheesemakers as, you know, over, this, let's say, 10,000 years that people mm-hmm. have been making cheese, they really have figured out how to control these microbial yeah. ecosystems. Like, that's what they're doing when yeah. they're making cheese, even mm-hmm. if that's not what they're thinking about. So the yeah. first steps are controlling the growth of these specific types of bacteria. Mm-hmm. So lactic acid bacteria you find all over the world. They're on the surfaces of plants. They're on our skin. Interesting. They're um, found in most fermented foods, so like uh-huh. pickles and okay. sauerkraut and kimchi. Um, all of those things have lactic acid bacteria and yogurt. Huh. And yogurt. Yeah. But how come some people – how does that relate to like being lactose intolerant? Or, yeah, you know, because so, like that seems like yeah. – can you not eat a pickle if you're lactose intolerant? No. Then, so I, I kind of think of the lactic acid bacteria as the lactose tolerant bacteria of the world. So <laughs> The what, lactose tolerant. Okay. Yeah. So what they can do is actually break yeah. down lactose. They can oh. break down other sugars as well. So like in vegetables, there's other types of sugars that they yeah. eat. But in milk, the primary sugar source is lactose. Yes. So they're able to actually eat lactose. Interesting. And basically break it down. Yeah. So if you're lactose huh. intolerant, basically these bacteria will break the lactose down for you. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the first part of cheese making is really closely related to making yogurt. <laughs> so okay. you're adding lactic acid bacteria yeah. and they're fermenting the milk. Yep. I'm picturing it. Okay. And you're getting a lot of acid produced at the same time at the same time Mm -hmm. because that's their byproduct of eating the lactose got it okay and then another thing cheesemakers do is add rennet exactly which is that's not a bacteria it's not a bacteria considered a bacteria no mm -hmm. it's a it's an enzyme okay and so that helps kind of uh, break down the protein in just the right way so that you get all the protein coming together and separating from the liquid so the protein and fat kind of separate Mm -hmm. out from the liquid so those are your curds in your way. Yep. Now, the curds, if you've ever tasted fresh cheese curds sure. that haven't been aged or, or salted anything, or anything, salted, yeah. it's kind of like milk jello. <laughs> it's a really good description. <laughs> yeah. So it's sweet, milky, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit tart. Um, but, you know, it's it doesn't taste that different than yogurt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And texturally, too, depending yeah. how soft it is, yeah. kind of the same exactly. texture. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. There's a little bit of – so a lot of making those curds has to do with the microbes that are there. The flavor at that point is still pretty much just milk. Um, Mm -hmm. So the really exciting part for me (laughs) – Here it comes. (laughs) Is when you take these these fresh curds and you you form them into a wheel of cheese. Okay. And then somebody in the history of cheese making decided that uh, taking that fresh, milky wheel Mm -hmm. of cheese and putting it in a dark, damp – cave would be a good thing would be a good thing right like who that doesn't seem like a good idea doesn't at all like it seems it goes against everything that should be okay yeah and it turns out it was like the best idea any human being has ever had why caves so yeah so caves have damp yeah very specific environment that's cool Mm -hmm. and damp um and it it really allows the growth of many different types of microbes that end up colonizing this fresh cheese and so they're attracted to what's in that cheese. Yeah, so they're attracted to exactly. So there's lots of protein mm-hmm. and fat, and they just so, know it, and they and will they, find their way to it. They will find their way to it, yeah. and uh, start eating it. 
right? Okay. So they they eat cheese just like we eat cheese, right? Yeah. So it's a food source for them. And <laughs> and so um, in the cave, these different microorganisms will grow on the cheese. And depending yeah. on what kind of cheese you make, sure. Um, if it's a really sort of moist cheese, you'll have different types of microbes than a really dry cheese. Okay. And as those microbes grow, they're eating the cheese, yeah. and they're basically spitting out the things that they can't eat. Okay. And those are the flavors. And that's the flavor. Yeah. Is that also the rinds? Does that yes. contribute like to the tombe yeah. de savoie that you talked about? Exactly. What they spit out is is building that natural rind so on as, there? So as they're growing, mm-hmm. they reproduce. Right? Yeah. They make more cells. Okay. And they form these communities on the surface. So basically, yeah. they're eating the cheese, which allows them to form these communities. And those communities, the growth of those microbes into the communities mm-hmm. is what is giving the flavor. Is giving that intense flavor. Yeah. How big a community are we talking about? Like, could you put it in numbers? Yeah. So, <laughs> and how? I mean, we're talking so tiny, 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 small. Tiny, tiny, small organisms. Yeah. So, if you take, let's say, um, a teaspoon full mm-hmm. okay. of cheese rind. Okay. You have about. Let me let me do the 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 math here. <laughs> I think it's about somewhere around a trillion cells. A trillion living things. Yeah. On that teaspoon of rind-ish. Somewhere, let's say somewhere yeah. between a billion and a trillion. Oh, my gosh. That's so many. <laughs> that's yeah. so crazy. And yeah. we have, you know, around 10 to 20 different species yeah. living in there. In there. Yeah. All together doing good things to create the flavor yes. and the rinds that we see. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And they stay living. They're alive. And you want them to stay alive. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm thinking at the cheese shop, it's important that we don't keep everything tightly wrapped in plastic all the time. Yeah. Is that no, what happens because they're, they're not breathing? They're and... living, breathing organisms yeah. just like us. That's really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's kind of cool because as the cheese ages, you mm-hmm. actually get different species growing. Kind yeah. of like a forest changes over time. Okay. Um, yeah. That's Good what's analogy. happening every time you make a cheese. You, you're making a microbial forest. Right. <laughs> forest of beautiful mi- – we're going to have to learn to love them. Oh, you yeah. You know, everything gets, I think, focused like, is on the scary ones. Yeah. And you never hear about the good ones. Right, exactly. <laughs> is there exactly. a name of a good one? Like that, that's like a, a scientific name we could use. That, what is like, is there a best one? Is there one that you find in all varieties of cheese? So we do find certain things over and over again. Um, let me give you a few examples. <laughs> so some of the things that, that we can actually see with, okay. with our eyes are the, the fungi, right? The molds. Oh, yes. Okay. Right? And so anytime you look at one of these aged cheeses, mm-hmm. you see mold on the surface. On the surface. And it's good. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. good mold. And yep. so let's say you have a piece of camembert. Yep. Right? You have that white fluffy the beautiful stuff, bloomy stuff. Which okay. is mold. Uh-huh. Right? And um, the name of that mold uh-huh. is Penicillium camemberti. Ah, nice. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so um, it grows really well on the surface of camembert. Camembert. And what it it's doing there, it's actually eating the protein. So it really loves the protein. It really does. Yeah. And it breaks the protein down and mm-hmm. creates all these kind of mushroomy flavors. <laughs> Which I love, yeah. right? That's... Yeah. And so it's, you know, uh, molds are mm-hmm. a type of fungus. Mm-hmm. Um, mushrooms are a type of fungus. Yeah. So they're cousins of each other. And that's why some of the flavors in cheese are often yeah. described as mushroomy, yeah, exactly. which is just lovely. Exactly. I love this community of the Camemberti. It's so <laughs> I love <Yeah>. them. Yes. <laughs> I want them to grow everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Now, they, they're eating the proteins, but there's so much in there. They're not taking away from the protein that's in cheese that's in for us. I mean, they eat a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, yeah. relative to what we get out of it. Sure, sure. Not as much. But it's kind of cool because if you slice into um, – 
a wheel of camembert that's ripening, you mm-hmm. can see it's ripening from the surface in, sure. right? Yep, yep. So if it's not fully ripened, you'll still have kind of a chalky right. middle. Yeah. Um, and that's because the mold is growing on the surface and mm-hmm. breaking it down from As the it, outside in. All the way yeah. down. Yeah. And that's when you get that the, the different uh, textures Yeah. is from that ripening. Yeah. And eventually, that's if you crazy. let it go long enough and you yeah. keep it in the right conditions and keep the mold happy, it the cheese will become completely runny, right? <laughs> Which is yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you want it. But, you know, if you yes. like it other ways, that's fine too. Yeah. What about inside the cheese? Like I'm thinking the Swiss cheeses. How yeah. do they get the holes? Right. How do they Where get the holes? are these coming from? Yeah. yeah. So this is another microbe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a bacterium. Okay. So uh, often, like, like E. coli, we think of bacteria as bad. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, not a lot, but mm-hmm. there's a handful Some bad of bacteria ones. that can yeah. cause disease. Um, but there are way, way more bacteria that help us in many different sure. ways. And so in cheese, there is a bacterium with a pretty complicated name. Okay. It's called propioni bacterium. Propioni yeah, bacterium. Propioni bacterium. Within cheese. In, inside in the cheese. The, okay. And it grow, It only grows inside the cheese because it doesn't mm-hmm. like oxygen. Hmm, okay. So it, it grows inside the cheese where there's no oxygen. No breathing room. Yep. Okay. And what it does is it takes the leftovers from the lactic acid bacteria. Okay. So they... Ate the lactose yep. and produced acid. Mm-hmm. And now the probiotic bacteria, what it does is it takes that acid and eats it. Okay. And then spits out gas. That's crazy. So it Which spits makes out that little... carbon dioxide gas. Uh-huh. And so as it's growing inside the cheese, it's basically creating this gas bubble around itself. Sure. Um, and that's where the holes come and from. And then the holes are there. Yeah. Some are very big. Some are very yeah. small. And so yeah. depending on how – so this propioni bacterium likes warmer conditions. Uh-huh. And so in, say, Switzerland, when you're yeah. um, producing one of these cheeses like yeah, Emmental like or something mm-hmm. like that, you would keep it in a warm incubated uh-huh. room. And depending on how long you keep it in that room, the holes will get bigger and bigger. Bigger and bigger. Yeah. Have you seen any super huge ones? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I mean, mean, really, like <laughs> definitely. You, I mean, there's like Emmental yeah. and yeah, that have like the that, biggest. They can just have enormous just huge holes. Yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting. Just fascinating. And then they're still there when you eat it. When you just yes. um, cut it and eat it, they're happy and yes. and, and alive. Yes. If they die, does is that when the cheese goes bad? No, not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, sometimes, so they're not sometimes together. it's good when they die mm-hmm. because they release all of their enzymes and yeah. all the flavors they've accumulated inside their cells. Yeah. So that can also be part of the aging process is these waves of bacterial growth and death. And death, yeah. yeah. Will give you then the different flavors, which yes. I never attributed those microorganisms to flavor, more yeah. to texture, I guess, right. in my head. The rinds, that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, even with propioni bacterium that's making the holes, yeah. in addition to CO2 gas, carbon dioxide mm-hmm. gas, it's also making propionic acid. Which is, you know that tangy flavor yeah. you have in Swiss cheeses? Yeah. That's propionic acid. Hmm. So okay. the bacterium is actually giving Swiss cheeses their characteristic that flavor tang, and appearance. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, it's just it's completely fascinating to me, like the science of it all. That's awesome. What about, everybody knows, I think the most kind of famous one are the cheese mites. Oh, yeah. Mimolent and the cheese creepy. mites. I yeah. mean, you do look, they have. I've seen pictures, super close up, and, yeah. and it makes you want to run away. Yes. But you can't. That cheese is delicious and it's, it's delicious. beautiful. It's... And tell us about the mites. Yeah. So we, we actually have a video <laughs> on our lab website. You do? If, if anybody wants Where to go Where is on that? There. Yes. So it's the duttonlab.com. Okay. And 
And if you go to videos, we have a video of, of a mite. Okay. Under a microscope. Under a microscope. Okay. And they basically, um, as a cheese ages, this is usually the cheeses that are harder. You age them for longer periods of time, mm-hmm. like a year or more. Sure. And they develop these really kind of crusty, crusty. rinds. Yeah, yeah. We have a picture yeah, floating about. Like that. Super crusty and uh, yeah. cavernous kind exactly. of looking. And so mm-hmm. the mites, what they do is they love to eat the fungus okay. on the surface of the cheese. Uh-huh. So I kind of think of them as like cows grazing on, on the thing on that's the, funny. Like, forest. Yeah. <laughs> and size-wise, aren't they some of the bigger ones anyway? Like they're cows? They're yeah, big, they're, right? they're big. Yeah. yeah. So when you, to our naked eye, they would look kind of like a piece of dust. Uh-huh. Okay. But if you kind of watch this these pieces of dust for a while, they'll slowly move. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that shifted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they grow in these really, they can get very dense colonies on the surface of cheeses and yeah. cheesemakers have to constantly um, get rid of them. Otherwise, they'll basically eat through the fungus, eat through the rind yeah. and into the cheese. And into the cheese. And okay. that's what happens in Mimolette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mimolette is is per- a perfect Halloween cheese. Right? That is the best <laughs> Halloween cheese. Yeah. It looks like a cantaloupe. Yeah. Bright orange. Bright orange. Mighty on the outside. <laughs> yeah. And it has these craters on the yeah. outside. And those craters are from the mites from eating the mites. into the cheese. Do the cheesemakers put them on? How do they get there? Yeah. So in Mimolette, they are encouraged okay. there. Yeah. Um, they they will just find their way naturally to cheese. I mean, it's any cheesemaker who's aging cheese for long periods of yeah. time will have mites of around okay. Um, okay. and have to either, you know, accept them if or... If they want them or, right or, in yeah, the cheese or, or not. get rid of them. Yeah. Um, but, but they're super creepy looking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> whenever I look under the microscope at, at a mite, it always kind of scares Does me. Does it scare you away? <laughs> Do Will you eat the rind of a mimolette ever? I like, mean, chew on a bite? Yeah, I yeah, will. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but But... We, we can see them sort of like eating the fungus. And so weird. They, they kind yeah. of like eat the strands of fungus, the mold, like uh-huh. spaghetti kind of. It's, that is so weird. And we can yeah. see this on this on video, video at the DuttonLab.com. Yeah. yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm going to run to see this because yeah. that is, that's got to be one of the spookiest sounding things yes. that we have. Yeah. <laughs> but fascinating, right? Because it's all natural and yes. it's all good. And yeah. if you eat them, they don't harm you. They no. don't. Yeah. Just, no, they're just kind they're, of yeah, gross looking. Right. Yeah. It's just like it's just this is wild, but it's all good. It. You just not think about it because it's it's all delicious. Yes. We had a question, and I know you've worked uh, many times with Rob, who is our um, Academy of Cheese. Yes manager and events person. And he had a question because he really wanted to know, and I'll make sure I say it completely right. Um, he wants professional explanation and like a layman's term mm-hmm. is why folks with a penicillin allergy, because you mentioned penicillin with the camembert right. and we can get to the blue cheeses now. Yeah. Um, why folks with a penicillin allergy don't get sick from eating blue cheese? Like if do you yeah. not have an allergy from that penicillin? Right. Yeah. Okay. So penicillin, mm-hmm. the antibiotic mm-hmm. comes from a mold. Okay. Also called penicillium. Yes, exactly. Okay. Sharing so, the name. That's yes. the confusion maybe. Yes. Or. So mm-hmm. they're they're kind of like distant cousins. Okay. So they're both part of the same group. So they're both penicillium uh-huh. molds. Um, the one with the antibiotic is penicillium chrysogenum. Okay. And the one on cheese is penicillium camemberti. Okay. So they're totally different species. Species yeah. of a certain mold. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And so while they're both different types of penicillium, they don't both produce the antibiotic penicillin. Ah, okay. Yeah. So just because you are a penicillium mold doesn't mean you produce penicillin. Ah, so you have to be the type that you mentioned was the exactly. antibiotic. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. To produce 
the pen the does that make sense antibiotic yeah yeah i think so yeah so anyone that has a penicillin inju- uh, allergy shouldn't be scared to eat a blue cheese no. because it really it, it completely different and it can't happen yes, exactly okay this is good because yeah. um a lot of people you know and even myself sometimes i don't know if it's in the head like i'd be like oh do you feel that tickle in the back of your throat like i'm allergic to kiwi for some reason i don't know what yeah. the kiwi does to me it gives me that little Tickly thing. And a lot of people have said with blue, oh, I'm allergic to penicillin. If I eat a bunch of blue cheese, I get this little tickly thing. Uh-huh. In the head, maybe a little, or it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. Okay. But really, it is scientifically completely different strain. Uh, yes. Like you said, a cousin that yes, does exactly. different things. Exactly. One's in a band. One is a, yeah. <laughs> a lawyer. They're yeah. not going to do the same thing. And just, just like we have penicillium camemberti, we have yeah. another species in cheese, penicillium roqueforti, which uh, is yes, the blue mold. Which is the blue mold, which we see most often, right, in the yes. blues? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's you know, it's also a penicillium. It doesn't produce the antibiotic penicillin. Okay. And it behaves very differently than penicillium camemberti even, right? Even though they both grow in cheese, they mm-hmm. behave very differently. Very different, create different they spit out different things. Very, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so they, they actually eat different. Uh-huh. They like to eat yeah. different things. So penicillium camemberti likes to eat the protein. Mm-hmm. Penicillium roqueforti likes to eat fat. Oh, so like okay. in sheet milk cheeses, yeah. like roquefort. Roquefort, okay. Um, Coming which together Which has a now. lot of fat. Sure. Um, the penicillium roqueforti grows very well there, and it oh. breaks down the fat to produce all these really fun flavors, right? Like the yeah. spiciness that you get in blue cheeses yeah. is from the fat breaking down by the penicillium roqueforti okay. and then the smell of blue cheese mm-hmm. is also from the fat breaking down uh-huh. by this mold so we can by actually the smell the mold smell the mold and that's yeah. kind of the case with a lot of them too yeah. that seems like the most um distinct i guess yes. that when people recognize maybe the most exactly yeah but producing flavor and producing aroma and producing texture these little and guys color and yeah this is crazy yes yeah it's just <laughs> fascinating did um the the, you know, the old wives' tale or the lore of blue cheeses was the uh, lady in the cave eating lunch leaves her, right. her bread there. Yes. Those spores create what is now in the blue. Yeah. Myth? Um, I mean, we'll never magic. know. We'll never know. We can't ask, I guess. No, but these molds do naturally live yeah. um, in these caves. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, Which is why they protect them so well, right? I mean, yeah. the Roquefort Caves are famous for their type yes. of... Right? Yeah. Um, penicillium floating exactly. around in there, exactly. right? Yeah. <gasps> Crazy. What about at Jasper Hill? Because they've got Bailey Hayes in blue. We've we, yes, we got to give love. them a shout. Isn't that cheese. so fabulous? Yeah. So fabulous. Not only, so you're telling me now <laughs> the beautiful rind that that gets. Yeah. It's all from these little colonies. Yes. Because you get that look. Yes. Some of that aroma that's just so rich. And it's mm-hmm. definitely cavey. Yeah. I, I get some of that. Um, but then again, some mushroomy. I feel yeah. that there's a lot of mushroom in that one as well. There, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about the holes, the crevices in the blue? Yeah. You know? Is it the same thing like in the Swiss kind of that we talked about or yeah. not really? So when you make blue cheese, mm-hmm. the way you prepare the curds is you try and kind of loosely pack them so you okay. get little pockets, pockets. of air. Oh, right. And the blue mold likes these just like little bits likes of the oxygen. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of encourage these crevices and openness to sure. the cheese so that the blue mold will grow more. Will grow. I'm always fascinated, Rachel, when we get, you know, um, vacuum-packed uh, half-wheel of, say, Roquefort. Right. And, you know, it's sealed for transport, you know, it's around the world. Yeah. No air. Cut that thing open there's no blue to be seen right away. Right. It's kind of golden in color. Oh, yeah. The yeah, veins yeah. and uh-huh. everything in it. And I remember, you know, when first starting in the business, and oh, we have cheese mites crawling on the, um, <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> if anybody wants to see, there they are. Um, uh, opening the pack, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's gold. Turning around, you know, getting something else. And when I turn back, 
it was blue. Yeah. It's like it needed that air. And yeah. then it just like, like kind of a magic, it turned blue. Yeah. Yes. Fascinating because it wants the air. It needs the exactly. air to do that. That is super, super cool. Um, Jasperiel, is there any – the listeria, like is that yeah. a – that's a bad colony? That's that, completely that different something. That's the big fear. Thing. That is the yeah. scary thing. And how <laughs> yes. do we avoid it or what do we look for to make sure we don't have it? Or yeah. What are signs? So, I mean it's it's um, it's an infrequent uh, foodborne pathogen mm-hmm. but it does cause really bad problems really when, bad. when it's present. Present. And so cheesemakers, um, they have many, many different types of – uh, sanitation sure. and procedures and protocols to try and make sure that there's not contamination from the outside environment yeah. in their cheesemaking facility, mm-hmm. that the cows are all healthy. Yep. Um, so it, it's a lot about kind of um, making cheese in, in an environment where, where you're aware that this is a problem and you, you take measures yeah. um, to prevent it. To prevent. Yeah. How do they get there? Like, is it a yeah. moisture thing? Is it, or it just can be many things. It can be many things. So listeria can live in mm-hmm. the soil. Okay. So, or yeah. it can um, infect animals. And yeah. so it can, has different Different sources. ways of coming in. Yeah. Um, can we see that on cheese? Is mm-hmm. there a telltale sign ever? Not really. No, there's not. Yeah. And so many cheesemakers will will test their cheeses on a regular course, basis to yeah. make sure they're not contaminated. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, as a precaution, as even a though precaution. it's very rare. Exactly. That's yeah. what I understand. You know, in cheese, the percentage of, of the yeah. possibility of listeria is so, 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 so infinitesimal small yeah, but it is <laughs> right yeah, but, but it, it is, is there a legitimate concern of course is it the same thing if you have a bad muscle or a bad salad is, is this the same it's not the same kind? organism but okay yeah, same sort of thing is you know yeah. this occasional contamination by mm-hmm. bacteria that can cause disease yeah yeah crazy so just be very clean yeah. which of course and like i know the cheesemakers test you know from all over the world cheesemakers here of course and then cheesemakers in other countries that we get from yeah. test continuously. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. it's it's interesting because there's really a balance because you do want to encourage these good microorganisms, yeah. but you don't yeah. want to open up your system to to the bad ones. To the bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. But good always defeats the evil ones. I pretty think. much. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good to know. Very good to know. Rachel, where I know we can um, can we learn more. If a person wants to learn a lot more about this, the DuttonLab.com would be a great resource. Is there a, a special book that if someone is really intru- interested in just dabbling more into microorganisms in food? Yeah. So actually, what would you recommend? Um, so, uh, friends of mine, uh-huh. um, Francis and Bronwyn Percival, uh, yes. just uh-huh. wrote a book on um, – it is Reinventing the Wheel. Yes. And With, it's all mm-hmm. about the history of cheesemaking and also uh, microbiology of milk. And how cheesemakers are trying to preserve that and, and the history of it. And the history of it all. So that would yeah. be a good start. She is going to be um, with us in Liberty Station yes. sometime in November. Yes, and we're going to exactly. have a book signing and do exactly. the whole thing. So that's really great. You can get the book there then, then yes. or get it soon before yes. that. But okay, that's a good one it's, to it's kind of learn a, really a little bit read. more. Yeah. And, uh, and it gives you a little bit of history as well. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a a ton of science. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more, it's much more friendly to. Okay. That's know, perfect. It'd be a way to get the, the toes wet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Into yeah. the whole science you know, side of things. give any recommendations for science books because yeah. nobody wants to read this. <laughs> <laughs> a little, yeah. Some of these, yeah. How do you make a science book um, exciting to read? I'm not sure. No, <laughs> if someone no. can come up with that, that might be yeah. really, really big. But thank you, Rachel. Um, gosh, I, I learned a lot. I'm not scared of these things at all. You shouldn't be either. Um, it sounds like a lot of people 
find it. And oh, wait, is there any question? Are we good? Nope, all good. Um, everyone, <laughs> check out the DuttonLab.com for information and the cool video. Um, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and leave a rating. And if you do, um, send me an email and I'm going to get you a free Venissimo tote bag. Rachel gets a free one because she's here today to teach Yay, us. Thank so you. there we all go. <laughs> thank you all. Have a good week and talk to you next time. Bye. Hi, fellow cheese lovers. Cheese Whiz Gina here, and I invite you to subscribe to our Noon on Tuesday podcast to hear all about cheese all the time. You can listen on iTunes or SoundCloud or subscribe via FeedBurner under Noon on Tuesday. You can also watch us live every week on Facebook at Venissimo Cheese at, you guessed it, noon every Tuesday Pacific time. We're fun, we're cheesy, so tune in and tell your friends to tune in too. Ciao! The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.